Hey, hey, everybody. Hi. We are back finally. And today we have a very special guest for you. But first, I am Jess. I'm Shasta. And we are the Chicks in Charge. And we are so excited that you're here with us today. So without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce Brooke furnace to the stage here hey brooke how are you Hi. doing oh i'm doing freaking fantastic i'm so excited right now and that music yeah. like man i'm like all jumping around back here <laughs> in the green room i'm so excited right now <laughs> yeah i love dance parties all right how all are right. you today it's uh oh, is today's awesome. thursday i think it's friday uh, automatically i, do I don't know why it's some day that ends in why that's all i know i don't know man you're asking hard questions i know it's a, what a year it's been though. It's, it feels like, yeah. you know, we have all just made some amazing progress in this industry this year, the collaborations, the friendships. What do you think has been the the biggest game changer for you this year? Man, that is a, that's a loaded question. You're coming in hot with the first questions here. I mean, seriously, like no softballs. Let's just get right into this. Holy shnikes, man. I think, man, I don't even know what to think. There have been we were talking a little bit offline here about these questions. I go, well, if it's based on the podcast versus the business, it's a little bit different. I know with the show of the podcast, the number one theme that's just been reoccurring over and over again is based on leadership, yeah. culture. And that has just been a super, and I love the fact that that's been a reoccurring thing over and over again. When it comes to the business side of my business, BZ Consultants Group, has been, all right, Brooke, we need help holding people accountable. And when I say people, it's not just the people portion of it. Well, that is important, yes, but it's going to be, all right, uh, we've got this pain point right now. I'm not really sure if this, whether it's an ad agency, whether it's a, I'm going to say vendor, I really don't like that word, but it will say a third party, whether it's the OEM, whatever the business is out there, we're like, hey, I just don't know if this money that I'm spending, if I'm getting the true ROI back on it. And a lot of times it's a lot of feelings, which you all know, I'm not really big on the feelings portion of it. So, hey, I feel a certain way about something. But is it factual? Hey, I feel this Meller did really well. Well, did the Meller really do well? Or you just told your entire staff, we did this awesome Meller. Everyone look out for the Meller. So then everyone's looking out for it. But did you do the same thing on your TV commercial or the, the digital, whatever you just did? So looking at the metrics and diving in and taking all the feelings out of it and looking at, okay, this is doing well. Hey, your ad agency did a really, really good job on this. The copy looks great. It landed on the right page. Oh, but it's the process and houses where you fell short and you don't want to hear that, but I'm going to call your baby ugly. So those are the, you know, from one side from the podcast and then from the, from the consulting standpoint, are those pain points that I'm seeing a lot right now, especially when things you're seeing a, you know, a writer strike, also another strike, but not in our area is mm -hmm. the, 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 uh, the auto strike of going on of just saying, Hey, things are starting to tighten up a little bit. So where, where can we dive in and maybe look at that a little bit more a little bit deeper right that's yeah and that was a loaded question but <laughs> you did good yes you did good. Good. <laughs> i didn't prep you at all for that so but but it's it is a very uh big topic when we talk about you know um people wanting to discuss leadership and culture because yeah. things have shifted so much in our industry with especially mindset yep. um you know we talk all the time about the pandemic and how it affected our industry, inventory, the high grosses, and then coming out of that and people having to relearn how to do their jobs, especially if they weren't in the industry pre-COVID. Yep. And they're like, what is this? What I have to work to sell a car? People don't just, just yep. come in and want one? Like, what is this? So the there's, there's a whole different shift that has to happen. And if you don't have the right leadership behind the wheel, you're going to lose people. It stops at the top or it starts at the top down. Mm -hmm. 
funnels all the way down. If there's any type of crack, that water is going to find it. And you see that so often is that whether it's, oh, you know what, we're okay not to, you know, whether what we talked about the high grosses. And I've told the story a couple of times that the first time I went in to get my manicure for the first time, and it was, I was a little nervous, not gonna lie. I was like, hey, it's the first time during the, the pandemic. And I knew I was gonna pay more. Heck, we all knew that bread costs more, bacon costs more. Mm -hmm. My Jordans, everything costs more. So I knew I was gonna spend more, but this is a place I went to a lot. So I was already loyal to them. The first thing I go on, they're like, hey, Brooke, we're just letting you know our prices have increased here's why, here's what we're doing. And they took the time to explain it. So now I look at this in our industry as like, Hey, prices are increasing. Profit is not a dirty word. It's how we go about explaining things to our clients. So profit increased now, you know, obviously prices are coming down the same thing. Now we have a strike going on our profit, our, our price is going to increase again. What are we doing to explain this to our clients? Hey, here's what you can expect throughout the process. Time is so valuable. Did you know yeah. if you go and fill this out online and go through this process, it's going to save you so much time. You're like, going to spend an hour in the store. Holy shnikes. Are you kidding me? I don't have to spend four hours back there anymore. Oh, thank you so much. Like little things like that. I can joke about that, but it makes such a difference. And starting from the top, as you said, and working all the way down, man, that just makes such a difference to invest in your freaking people. Please yes, invest absolutely. in your people. Yes. Well, and it even leads into to what you do on the consulting side because- yeah. Because when you when you're truly invested in your people and their success, you have to make sure that everything you do within the store is translated to them. All of your marketing efforts, all of where you're spending your money to drive traffic into the store is properly translated to them. You know, when you're running a sales event, when you're doing a buyback, when you're doing anything, making sure that they know what's going on out there. So when a customer comes in and says, Hey, I got this, they're not clueless right. and that they know how to properly handle that customer and treat them with the highest level of care. And, and it's a seamless transition. Well, I mean, we see it all the time as the BDC yes. where customers are calling us saying the salespeople say that you don't even work at the store mm -hmm. and how horrible of an experience must that be for oh those customers? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> who am I talking to? Uh, who are you? If you tailor into the store and your salespeople don't have any idea yeah, what they're sending me this, handing them for this for. Uh, that's the joys. Like I have, uh, I've got, I have a client that they're they are working with an outside BDC, and it has just been, it's been a rough go. And that before anyone ever, and you all know that, uh, obviously I love you all. I, anytime someone says, and I love the first time I ever met Robin, I was in, working in a dealership. She came in and said, all right, why are you guys even looking to go with an outside BDC? Like, right. mm -hmm. what is the reason? Like, why would you ever even think to go? You, you can go right down to your BDC right there versus going outside. And mm -hmm. she like, like drilled it into the owner, the GM and said like, why, why the hell would you ever do this? Like, what, what, what is the reason for this? And she made it very clear, like to have that conversation beforehand yeah. Yeah. versus just like, okay, it's a paycheck. And okay, now I can just, you're just a number. And to go through that because it's so true to have that conversation because there has to be that process in place before you ever that even if you're in-house BDCs, out, outsourcing it, there are so many things on that process standpoint because it's people, process, and product. And if you any uh, any point you add a product and you haven't talked to your people about your process, your product is going to fail 
a hundred percent of the time. And so going back to what you said about the BDC portion of it, how much, how many times do we have marketing or advertising or bring out a product or put a stupid button on our website and don't have any communication to about anything to anyone. And you're like, Oh wait, we have something new widget on our website. Oh, we just brought in a new product. Didn't tell anybody about it. Right. Someone's calling in. You're like, oh yeah. Oh, wait, hold up. What the hell is this? We didn't tell anybody. And then you're stuck in BDC land, and you're like, hold up, hold up, hold up. We have a new price on something. We have new incentives on something. We have a. We yep. just dropped twenty thousand dollars on an advertising bullshit, and you have no idea what is going on with it. That is yep. so unfair. Please it is communicate. Please communicate. Well, and then and then the customer is going to get upset because right. why do you have no idea what I'm talking about? You guys are the ones running this promotion. I'm not going to do business with you. And then money wasted. Yes. Endless cycle. And and it all is fixed with communication. Concept. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Isn't that crazy? You would think so, but it it, somehow we make it really, really difficult. And yet I see companies do it so well on the other hand, where it's not only are we get rid of these silos and it's, I, I love when I worked my very first job in automotive and I was a consultant for a CRM company and they made me, I won't, I I say made because I I literally still have PTSD when I hear the phones of this company ring, but we sat in the uh, support, support table, support room, support, whatever. And we had to take the support calls and all the, I was the one of very few that actually logged in and would take support callers. And I, was scared the hell out of me. Like I, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. But we had, for me, it was so beneficial because now I knew what the support team was going through every time they took a call. And I was like, I don't know. And I like literally kept looking. I was like, oh, help. I don't know what I'm doing. It's what I was, it, for. <laughs> it scared the, it literally scared the crap out of me. But I it gained so much respect from the entire support team that then they were like, okay, anytime Brooke needs anything, her tickets are getting closed out and her dealers are getting, they're getting taken right. care of. And I encourage that any, whether it's obviously we're not automotive, that service, go sit with parts, parts sit with service, go over and sit in BDC land, F and I go sit in service, sales, do the same thing because you don't know what is going on. You're just so quick to go and blame other people that mm-hmm. is their fault when in fact, have you actually tried to order any parts and understand how insanely difficult that is? Yeah. But you're going to go and blame them for it and vice versa. F and I, you're going to go and blame service when did the warranty ever, does that warranty even push over to the back end? Because communication from a, the software probably doesn't even talk. So understanding how the other side works is so critical, but instead we just silo everything. Yeah. Now, I think that one of the most important things that a dealer can ever do is, is cross-train their people so that you can have that understanding across the store. I think every manager in a dealership should be cross-trained. They should have to train for at least a week in every department so that, for one, they have no barriers when it comes to talking with all of those managers if an issue arises, but also so that they do know when an issue arises that they may be able to help before just having to go run and, yep. oh, hold on, I got to go get you an answer somewhere else. But, I oh, I have some experience here. Let me critical think this. Yes. And the res- the mutual respect for all parties, then it yes. helps everyone. It's going to elevate your dealership immensely. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say um, you're seeing the most right now? I think that we're going through another change again yep. um, with how, how everything is, is going. We're experiencing, and I will tell you 100%. Um, what would you say right now you're hearing the most from from dealers on the consulting side um, that, you know, what's what's their red flags that they're trying to solve and how are you helping combat that? 
trying to solve my, I, I am for me personally, what is leading me to drinking is freaking GA four. <laughs> <laughs> Google Analytics 4. Uh, that Now, is that going to impact how someone sells a vehicle? Yes and no, but there's so much just garbly gook out there and people are, a lot of people are freaking out about it. And it's just, if you go back, I think the G, original GA, Google Analytics, UA3, Google Analytics 3, however you want to phrase it, that was like, what, 2010, I think is when it came out. And it take, took about a year for it to normalize and with Google Analytics 4, you're seeing the same thing where it's just, it is a hot mess. And so you're seeing that, hey, well, I go on and do something that's not there. And then obviously there's the Automotive Standards, Count, Automotive Standards Council, which I'm a part of, a founding mentor. And so you're trying, uh, everyone trying to reach across the aisle to try to standardize things. But Google just breaks. It's like they're literally building a plane as it's taking off. And so trying to, to say, okay, is this firing correctly? Is this firing incorrectly? Okay, this doesn't work. You go into Google and it's just, oh, wait, it's not working again because Google is a toddler and throwing a tantrum. Uh-huh. So to me, that has been like uh, so much of my time trying to go into accounts and saying, is this set up correctly? And then trying to get the ad agency, trying to get the web, getting everybody to come through and say, please, for the love, this needs to be set up correctly. That has been so much of my time trying to go through it. But then if you even are using like, I, I partner with a product agnostic tool and it obviously is bringing in a Google API. Well, that's broken because Google's broken. Yeah. So that makes, makes reporting so difficult to know, okay, well, this is coming in and I need to report on this, but now to try to get a actual report that is, has actual insight makes it so much more difficult. Cause I got to go to 16 different pages to find it. Yeah. it makes it really, really difficult to see that. So uh, to report back on things that I would normally report back on takes probably 10 times the amount of amount of time that it would normally take. So yeah, from an inventory standpoint, yes, that's a part. You've got the strike going on. That's a part of it. And yep. how you go about, there's so much talk about buzzword bingos, whether it's a CDP, whether it's GA4, whether it's AI, there's so much talk about AI. There's all these talks, but at the end of the day, there's, you've got to start somewhere to, to track all that. Um, I can go down a rabbit hole on all these, but that's right now. The big one is GA4. All the other stuff is you got to have a measuring point somewhere. So tell us a little bit about what BZ Consultants does. What do you do? What are you offering dealerships right now? Yeah. So BZ Consultants Group, I the whole reason I started what started the company was I sat about every chair there's a sit in the industry. And I just said, hey, the dealer needs to have more of a voice and a product agnostic voice. So I started the company and we are just that called called a lot of things. <laughs> Some things I will not say on the air, but more importantly is that whether it's a digital auditor, auditor or almost a toddler again there, a digital <laughs> auditor, a, a fractional CMO, but we go into dealerships and say, all right, this person, this business is doing really, really great. This one's not. Let's see how we can get them to help improve. And even if you're doing great, there's always room for improvement. So, hey, here's all this garbly gook, whether it's a report, whether it's Google Analytics, whether it's service sales, whatever it may be, uh, social, BDC, all of that. Here's the actual takeaways from all this garbly gook. You want to focus and get back to selling cars. You want to get back to mm-hmm. service. You want to get back to whatever it is. Here's all what all it means. Here's da-da-da-da. Here's where you're spending money. You could probably spend it better over here versus over here. For instance, I love the ones that are like, hey, we need to spend more money on this model. Really? Because the majority of your traffic is going into organic. So why are you spending it on paid? Yeah, right. On the same on the fixed side, it's amazing to me how many people are not looking at your service pages and how, you know, are you getting traction there? Cause if you're not tracking tire sales, that's a big problem. And then the same thing with the BDC, like looking at all that to see how your BDC traffic is, 
is funneling and how the engagement it does on that. So we're just breaking that down from an, a really from an auditing standpoint to see how everything is doing. And I really do not care who someone uses. I just want to know, is it engaging? Is it working? And is it profitable for the dealership? Right. Well, and it takes all people involved reporting correctly. Absolutely. Yes. Everybody has to be on the same page. Yes. That's and the, to, yes. I would say the most extreme part of working with so many dealerships, like, yep. like we both have the pleasure of doing is every dealer does it differently yep. and they all report differently and they all utilize their CRM differently that you then log into the next one and you're like, Oh wait, this one isn't even close to the same as the last one I was logged into. And got to remember they do it this way, not that way. And <laughs> Oh yeah. yes. And, and as you know, so many don't even track, they'll track from a BDC standpoint, they're tracking internet leads, but so few don't track floor traffic. Right. And you'll ask them, they're like, wait, wait, what's floor traffic? I'm like, this, the, probably the stuff that you make up and say that it's a drive-by and it was a newspaper sale. Yeah, newspaper. Yeah, I'm sure it was a newspaper. It was a billboard. No, it wasn't. Nice try. Yeah, yeah the ones that are closing at 50%, those are the ones with the floor traffic. So having that come into a product agnostic view and saying, okay, what really was that? Or everyone wants to claim, if you, I, I, I always, I have this cartoon I show that's shockingly, it's about shoes. I know, shocker. And it was, you know, I saw I saw the, the the shoe commercial on my phone. Then I saw the shoe commercial on a billboard. Then I saw the shoe commercial uh, on a TV. And then as, as I'm driving to go buy the shoes, I heard it on the radio. And then the, the salesperson says, all right, how'd you hear about it? Oh, I heard it on the radio. They're like, oh, then the board meeting, we need to, oh, he heard it on radio. So we need to invest everything on radio. Well, no, radio is not what drove the customer to buy it. Yeah. Everything played a part in it. So being able to see holistically in a mixed media modeling to see how everything drove that traffic is so important. The CRM is only going to show that last point of how the customer got there. You need something to show every part of it. And that's a, a lot of times where those third-party providers get such a bad rap. They're like, oh, well, they're not driving. They're only driving this amount of leads. Well, leads are only a portion of what yep. is driving that. So if you're not looking to say, all right, so autotrader, cars.com, whatever third-party provider you're using, are you only looking at leads? Then you, you're you only seeing a very small portion of what that traffic is driving. And when you decide to cancel or bring on, you're missing the picture because yeah. they're driving traffic to your website, which is driving third-party traffic. They're driving third-party views. It's driving, 30, it's driving so much other traffic that then when it gets to the site, are they engaging with your chat? Are they engaging with a call? Are they engaging with a finance application? You don't see that. And you need to be tracking that stuff. And that stuff that is 100% stuff I'm looking at. Or you leave the uh, leave a, whether it's third party or an ad agency, if you don't look at to see, all right, is it priced? Do we have photos? Um, from a social standpoint, because I know you guys do an awesome job of social. If you're, you have a social, a social ad agency, and you're saying, all right, social provider, ad agency, go just do a kick-ass, do an awesome job with it. But in-house, we're not going to do anything. Yeah. Why are you leaving your provider out to dry? Like, that is such a big no-no. Or we're just not going to respond to reviews. What What, what are you doing? Who like, are things you? like that. <laughs> it's setting, it is setting your provider up for failure. Yes. If you are not going to incorporate anything inside of the store to help benefit yourself as well. Oh, amen. Exactly. Exactly. And I was fired. Amen. Yeah. Drives me bonkers. It's a, it's never ending cycle, but so often we just think that they're, Oh, if we just do, if we just pay for everything. We'll just take care of it. No, you, oh. you can only buy your way out of a problem for so long. Like yeah. the organic stuff. When you look at like a, I'll say like a Brian Ortega, or you look at Nathaniel Grecklick, the reason their social is so amazing and why they're getting the astronomical views that they're getting 
it's because they're organic. They continue to hit and hit and hit and hit. And they're hitting, they're not hitting their customers. They're, they're hitting the customers in the right place at the right time with the right message. They know where their customers are and they've done enough research to know this is where we need to be and whatever platform it is, they know what the message is. But it's like, uh, even like something is, a, is what may sound silly as a thumbnail, that thumbnail, I know for me, that thumbnail may look the same, but whatever the little, the, the, the verbiage on it is going to be different for every single platform. It's got to be different. Right. And you've got to look at those metrics to say, okay, where, where is it going to be? Cause your TikTok following versus your YouTube following versus whatever. And if you're not doing shorts, the whole world is shorts and the shorts that were six months ago versus a year ago, that attention span is now instead of 60 seconds, like what, what I think right now is like 10 seconds, maybe 30 seconds. People have no attention span. So you've got to be working on those. Yeah. Uh, consistency, consistency, consistency. Just don't leave it up to your ad agency and then blame them when it fails when you're not you're not holding up your end of the bargain. Right. Yeah. Well, and analyze your audience too. Because mm -hmm. your audience across platforms is going to be entirely different. Don't assume your entire social audience is all, you know, females that are between the ages of 25 oh, and 34. Right. Yeah. Oh, mercy. Uh, it, I don't know. I, I don't know if you guys heard me say this or not, but I was going through looking at a client and I go, Hey, just so you all are aware, obviously English is your first language on, on social. Get that. I go, take a guess what your second language is. And they're like, I don't know. They're like, I think our second language is probably Chinese. I go, no, it's Spanish. And they're like, oh, okay. I go, do you have any Spanish speakers in your dealership? No. I go, okay. You probably want to get that. I go, so just so you're also aware is that your number one liked the gender wise is female but your reach is going to be male. So the number one gender that is liking your page is female. Mm -hmm. Why are you guys going after males? Just out of curiosity. Well, I don't know. That's, that's up to our ad agency. Okay. That's a problem. I go, next question is how many females do you have? If I walk into your showroom right now, do I see a single female anywhere? And do I see a single, anybody that looks like me? And do I see anyone that from a Hispanic, uh, Latino, Latina anywhere? We no, Brooke, you don't. Like, okay, you guys might want just throwing it out there. You might want to, you might want to invest in that a little bit. Yeah. They're like, we're working on it. I go, okay. I mean, things like that, like looking in to say, if I can see that people are interacting this way, these are things you really want to pay attention to because if I can see that they're constantly interacting with that and that's who my audience is, man, dive into that because if you don't, you're losing customers. You're hundred percent losing customers. Yeah, because they'll tell you what they want. Oh, it's yeah. up to you to listen. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do, we have stores all the time that will ask us if we have bilingual BDRs and because they have a heavy Spanish population in their area with not one, with not one bilingual sales rep in the store. Yeah. I mean, how is that going to work? So then they have to bring a translator with them, which is great. But in a lot of, in a lot of stores, your translator also has to be above the age of 18. Yes. So then that poses a problem. Yes. I love the ones that their their websites in Spanish, but there's not a Spanish speaker. Yes. Michael, what what are you doing? Yes. Or they have one Spanish speaker, and then that person leaves, and it's like they just took all the oh, Spanish well. speaking customer base with them too. They're like, hold on, look at my phone. Google Translate. What was that? Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's uh, it's um, you know, we're we're still. I think a lot of us are still in a, in a one track mind. And, um, you know, we just think of directly what's in front of us. And, and sometimes we've just got to remember to to get out of that and remember to look at the data and remember to get in the back end. And so many dealers just 
I think they just don't know how. I, I do too. I, I don't think that they know how. I think that they they don't know how, and I don't think that they have the time to do it, which is why people like Brooke are here and and they have agencies like BZ and they are able to do that thing and why they're here to help our yeah. dealerships because they do need it. I think so. I, I would concur with that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so important, especially when, when we're looking at what we do um, on both sides, on the social media agency side and on the BDC mm -hmm. side. If a, if a dealer is only, I mean, we've run into it so many times this year where, where dealers have fallen into the funnel of not doing any of their own marketing yep. and all they do is spend money on third parties and then they want to know why they can't, they can't convert leads at 15%. We have heard it so much this year. And they want to blame us. And I'm like, my guys, you're not marketing yourselves at all. You have no digital marketing going at all. Yep. No SEO, no SEM, nothing. You're literally only getting third party leads. That's it. Yeah. Or, or you look at it and they're like, oh, well, we are marketing. Well, bless you. Kazuntite. Uh, <laughs> so close. So close. Uh, or I, I, I was just having this conversation with uh, Jordan Cox that you look and say, well, look, I am marketing. Brooke. I'm like, great. What is your mark? And I, I know the answer before I ask this. I'm like, great. What does your marketing look like? We do whatever the OEM tells us. I go, so great. You're literally just copy and pasting whatever the, the OEM says. And I've, we've done myself, I've done this. A couple of the people have done this. We just copied them. We literally took screenshots of every OEM that did whatever the OEM told them. And it's verbatim, exactly the same copy. It's the same ad copy, the okay. same everything. I go, so awesome. So there's nothing different between you and the next 10 competitors in the next 20 right. mile radius of what you all. So there's nothing different. It's a least special. That's it least special or it might be a service special but it's some type of special which is not special at all at all get it anywhere right and google is telling you it's giving you the big middle finger because all you've done is copy content yep. and it's exactly the same instead last i checked you do have people in your store there i know we're in an ai world you're not robots yet to my yep. understanding you have people there so why not ask them hey what is it you love about our dealership mm -hmm. hey Brooke, you love shoes. Why not do something about shoes? Have a Kicks Friday. Have Do something about your store. Yeah. Work with your community. Do something. And then, by the way, oh, yeah, we do have cars here. But do something that's not about your, not stupid OEMs. But if you're just copying what the OEM says, if I, I'm not going to go and look at something and be like, oh, man, they're just shoving lease specials down our, our, my throat, so I'm going to keep following them. No, that's not why I follow anything. Any, anything I follow on Instagram or insert whatever, that's not why I follow them. Not at all. Yeah. Well, and that's, especially when we look at a social strategy. That's where I was going with that. Yeah. Too. I mean, when you think, okay, so say that your social strategy works, a, a, a person is following your Facebook page and um, you've converted them into a customer. They're still following your Facebook page, but yet you just keep posting cars for sale and sold customers. What if they've already bought a car? Yeah. That's like, what, I'm what if they, they just they, bought a car two days ago? They buy a car from you. Why, why should they keep following you if all you're posting is more cars for sale yep. and more sold customers? And that's what we see all the time. Sold, 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 inventory special. Sold, sold, yeah. sold, inventory. And we're just like, what? what about something to engage your audience? Yeah. Get in, tie yourself into the community. Give your community a reason to do business with you, not your OEM, not your brand. Who are you as a store? Who works inside of your store? What is your culture? And why should your customers do business with you? Not Ford, not Kia, not Nissan. Not Chrysler. Well, and let's be honest. The OEM isn't doing much for these OE for these franchise stores, anyways, because right, you have to separate yourself from the next guy ten miles down the road. Yep. 
Yeah, and the and I, I've been to those dealerships where it's not only the OEM saying you have to do this, and it's it's let's be honest. I I, I no longer work for them, so I can say this: it is I have to do this thing or else. Let's be honest. Yeah, is that when you go in there and you look at it? I work for. I'm very analytical, as you both know. Is that any of those of those URLs are not U, UTM tagged? So you have no idea. Once that gets in there, let's say that okay, it happens to be a. It's actually pretty. It's pretty looking, Brooke. That's great. Customer clicks on it. You have no idea what the hell happens with that because it's not tagged correctly. So the OEM is pushing that you have to do this. It's all copied and paste. There's no distinguishing you from any of the competitors. And it's not only you can't tag it, it's always going to be, it's like the same thing when you're watching, whether you have cable TV or streaming or anything like that, everything is always going to come back from a tier one level saying, oh, your nearest ABC OEM, your nearest Nissan dealer, your nearest BMW or your Chicago, I'm Chicago, your Chicagoland dealer, whatever, but it's never going to say, oh, go shop at ABC Motors. It's yeah. never going to say that because it's always, they're protecting the OEM. That's also from a, a paid search area is that you're never going to outbid the OEM. You're always yeah. going to fight the OEM. Now, yeah. is the OEM bad? No, I'm not saying the OEM is bad. Just understand what you're working with. And that's why it's so important from an organic standpoint that you set yourself apart from everybody else. So when I go and say, someone's like, oh, well, who's doing a great job? I'm like, here, here's 10 dealers right off the bat that I know their social presence is incredible. And it's because they personalize it. They know that, hey, this person, if you if you are in this, you are using some type of CDP, which is a customer data platform, they can see, hey, bro, She's 90 day out. So I know that how I'm going to interact with her is way, way different from Brooke, from John, who's, hey, he's 10 days away versus uh, Jess, who's maybe 45 days. All these are different. You can, instead of having one or two campaigns going out, now you have 50 campaigns going out. Way, way, way different. And that's how it should be to continually interact. But on your organic stand, that CDP is obviously paid, but from an organic stand, constantly mix it up. Once again, Go and ask your people, what is it you like to follow? Who do you like following? Okay, Brooke, you obviously are a sneakerhead. What, go partner with the local sneaker shop. Hey, Jess, you love XYZ. Hey, we know you guys are big with the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, yep. great. Go see if there's something local Kansas City Chiefs shop or go to something football-wise. Like, Get to know your people and understand what, what, what is important to them and let them go work with the community. The, I cannot stress enough how important community is. Yes. And it's something that is so, so missed. I mean, we talk, we've probably talked about it on half of our shows uh, that it's, it's so underserved. The dealers that are doing it are making such an impact on their, not, not just their bottom line, but in their communities. And we see it every single day. Yeah. Because, because they are investing in, I I don't even want to use the word community now, but their neighbors, their friends, their families, um, and the, the families of the families and the friends of the friends. And it's always going to come back around. Yep. Yes. And I will say that as well is that I definitely see people that will try to do this and when it doesn't hit or, okay, we're just going to give up. No, it's no, not an overnight no. success. It's not no. something that you just do one time and you no. get great karma from it. It's something that you have to remain consistent at. Yeah. No. It and stay authentic to you. Like yeah. if, the other, we, we were talking about this as well. Jordan and I were talking about this that if you preach that you, and please for love, stop saying family dealership. Like Walmart's a family dealership, family owned, operated. So stop saying family owned. Yeah. But if you're going to claim family owned and you're going to you're going to die in that hill, okay, good luck with that. But if you're going to preach that and claim that you're like, oh, we are so 
happy and go lucky and you get into the store and you've got a bunch of like just angry people. Great job. You're no longer authentic. So whatever, find your niche, whatever that may be and stay authentic to you. I cannot, cannot emphasize enough how important it is to stay authentic, whatever that may be. I mean, here in Chicago, there's a, we're obviously we have, we're obviously pizza and right now horrible sports teams because our sports teams suck <laughs> uh, and hot dogs. Like people know we have Chicago dogs, right? And there's a Chicago uh, hot dog area and they're known for just being incredibly rude to people. Like, and people love to go in there and just get the crap beat out of them. Not literally, but like verbally be verbally accosted. Now, if all of a sudden they were start being nice to people, people are like, whoa, hold up. What's going on here? So know what your lane is and stay true to it. No, don't be mean to people, but that's like, that's kind of like their thing. Like people are like, so, but know what it is, know what your lane is. I agree. Yeah. No. And it's, it's funny that the, the, to go back to the family thing, like, okay, every single person who's ever started a dealership was obviously a member of a family at some point. So really is that unique? Yeah. It drives me bomb. And, And right now, everybody like, Lithia. I mean, uh, I it, 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 every, every, bi- every big group right now is being gobbled up by family owned dealerships. Once again, Walmart is family owned. It's yeah. Sam Bolton. It, he's family owned. Like, so if you really want to go down that route, just stop saying family owned. And realistically, do, do families get fired? No, I, really. I, I, I'd probably like to find some of my family, but no, they're a team. Yeah. Teammates, you, you can fire and trade teammates, right. but you're not, you can't fire your family. You don't trade your family. And honestly, the way that you I've seen certain people get treated, you don't treat your family like that. But at the end of the day, you don't fire them. Right. Right. Stop I, saying it. I like that. I do too. Yeah. Drives me crazy. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, it's true though. Like the, the, I mean, even the biggest groups, they're, they're all still preaching. I mean, I, yep. I think about, um, and we've worked with them directly, but the Morgan group down in Florida, that's mm-hmm. their biggest thing that like, they're the number one family owned and operated group. And are they? Yeah. Yeah. People love saying it. They love saying it, but also you start when people start saying that at two, that's also for me, that raises a red flag I, any company, like doesn't matter if it's auto in general. I'm like, okay, so if you're saying you're family owned, what do I have to do to become family? Cause if I, if I piss you off, then I'm no longer family. I'm kicked out of the family. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's to me, the minute I hear that, and there are some really great companies out there that are, they, they claim that and they're really good at it. But for the most part, the minute I hear that, I'm like, and there's the red flag. Mm-hmm. That's the, I, I, it's almost immediately. I, I, I just see red flag. Yeah. That's just me personally. See, and I'm, I'm on the opposite side of it. Like, like, I don't, I don't mention that I got family in the business. Like mm-hmm. it's yep. only recently and it's because it's coming to the point where I can no longer hide it yeah. because we're becoming so popular that we are more open to talk about it. But for five, six years, we didn't tell anybody. Oh, she it. used to get mad. Oh, like, mad. like, like mad would not speak to anybody if they mentioned it. Yeah. And so like people who know us know that in public, it's not, we don't talk Rob, about it. Robin's not your mom. It's Robin and Shasta. And you know, yep. we don't, we don't talk about it because it's like, the, the instant people find out it's you're immediately treated differently. So um, yep. I prefer to not take that route. <laughs> and and see, I'm the same way. Like if I, I, I would be very similar to, I have a, a, we have a good friend and the son actually goes by a different name specifically for that reason. He goes, I don't want anybody to ever think that I got this job because of my dad. Yeah. I don't want the same thing. And so he honestly goes by a different name specifically for that reason. That's and smart. it's not the first or second time I've heard this, that they just though we don't want anybody ever to think, that we're, you know, silver spoon, that we got this because of our daddy, we're PhD. Uh, so no, it's, I, I, I agree with you. I'm, yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. 
it's um it's sad that it that it has to be that way but we've seen so many that that sadly did take that route and got it for that reason mm -hmm. and didn't earn it and so you know it's it's seeing those people that make us to this point where you know where we won't share a last name or won't tell people that we're related and you know we'll we'll earn our respect by by working for it right well i think as a female as well like even me like so uh chris we've, we've been together for a while now obviously and we're both he's been in the industry god you uh 30 plus years probably and ev most people know him but i go obviously by furnace and there's a there's reasons for that one people know my name but two it's like there was a job which I was interviewing and I, he had worked with the owner back when they both started in the industry. They both had worked together. And I made a specific point to make sure that that was not brought up until I got the job specifically for the fact that I'm like, I don't, this has got to be on my merit that I get the job. And then once I got the job, he's like, Oh wait, I know Chris. I was like, I, I know, I know you know him, like, mm -hmm. but I made sure the same reasons, especially as a female, it's like, you got to make sure that you make, you get it on your own accord and yeah. all that. So I a hundred percent agree with you. Yep. Yeah. But here we are. Three chicks selling it. There we are. Yeah, buddy. So I want I want you to uh, before we get off of here, um, tell people about the panel you're leading at. Disney yes. Line. Oh my goodness, uh, man, it's a. I think we're calling it the April All Stars like 2.0. There is a, a everyone. Not there's a ton of people on this panel, and if I tried to list them, uh, I'd have to take a nap because there's a lot of them. I think there's like 28 people. It's on. Oh God, October 18th at mm -hmm. 1 p.m. And yeah, there's every, I don't even know how many different topics are being covered. Let's just say every, it's a Schmogers board. So if you have any questions about technology, optimization of your business operations at your dealership, myself and Colby and Jared Kilway are specifically leading up the AI portion, but there's AI, there's fixed ops, there's BDC, there's I mean, literally choose a topic and we're, we're covering it, but I'll just leave it at that because there's so many topics that are being covered. Do you think there's going to be enough time to actually get to everything? Yeah. So the way that we did it in Tampa, it's, it's more or less, we get up there for like five minutes and introduce ourselves, maybe five minutes. And then it's round table. So everyone sits at a table oh, and then that. everyone goes, okay, which, which table, where do you want to sit? And then, I, Lori Halter is the one that's uh, the moderator and she'd be like, okay, you have five, 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 10 minutes to talk. Or it might be 10 minutes to talk. And then after 10 minutes, all right, do you want to stay at that table or do you want to move? Okay. I want to stay or I want to move. Boom. And then everyone moves. Okay. And then after 10 minutes and then moves. So that's, okay. and it's, it seemed to be pretty successful last time. There's just, I, I want to say in Tampa, we had maybe 12 people okay. and now we have 20. But it's a mix of dealers and vendors we've got people from cox automotive obviously myself but it's it's a slew of people i mean yeah that is huge that's yeah. super exciting so yeah, Brooke, where can people reach you at if they have questions about bz or your facts not feelings podcast where is the best place for them to reach you Man, they, pretty much anywhere. I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook anywhere. Or, or you can just, you can call me directly. You can email me. My cell phone's 208-244-2300. No, I know when you're watching this, there's no way you're writing that down. <laughs> Find me on LinkedIn. That's just LinkedIn. I'm there. Uh, just, it's backslash. I think it's Brooke Furness or it might be Brooke C. Furness is one of the two. I honestly don't remember. But fact, all everything's on LinkedIn. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're, we're in, Absolutely. Yeah, LinkedIn, I think it's probably probably the biggest uh there or you can just go to the website youtube anywhere so Everywhere. that's yeah google, Rick Furness, yep. you'll find her you'll yeah find her. pretty much just put my name in the google your little google machine and you'll find me <laughs> there we go there we go 
Oh, awesome. This has been so exciting. We uh, we thank you for coming on. And um, I hate that it took so long for us to get you. because yes. You were supposed to be one of our very first guests. But yes. then we got so slammed and busy and uh, had to put it off for a couple of months. So uh, no, it's all good. I, I love seeing you guys crush it. So keep it up. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, without further ado, and uh, oh, I forgot it. Ah, in, a world, in a world where you can be anything. <laughs> Be kind. Be kind. So whenever you go out into the world this week, remember to light it up. I'm Jess. I'm Shasta. And this is Brooke. Thanks, guys. Thank you.